Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Game Junk Podcast, episode 140, recording on Sunday, March 5th, 2023. My name is Frank. My name is Sean. And my name is Andrew. And today, not a lot to talk about. We're going to be moving straight into what we played. And we'll be focusing on uh, Wo Long. What's the subtitle for this game? This is embarrassing. The Fallen Dynasty. Is it the Fallen Dynasty? All right. Yeah, I believe so. I've played a lot of Wo Long and a few other things as well. So uh, that's what we'll be talking about. How are you guys doing? Good. Very good. That's it? That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's a slow week. What do you want, man? All right, whatever. Uh, like the gaming news, we have nothing to offer. Okay, so Wo Long, Fallen Dynasty. Is it the Fallen Dynasty or Fallen Dynasty? The. I think it's just Fallen Dynasty. You're right. Sean is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Now that we've gotten that straightened out, let's talk about the game. It's the new Souls-like game from Team Ninja. I believe it launched on Game Pass as well, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm playing it on Steam. And I love the Neo series. It's the series that got me into Souls-likes. I've platinumed both Neos. Haven't done all the DLC for those, but I wasn't sure exactly what this game was going to be. We'll go into this a little later about the Dark Souls, Neo, Sekiro, now uh, Wo Long, which is borrowing heavily or tweaking its formula based on Sekiro. And this kind of back and forth between these two series, but I, I'm familiar with the series. And as soon as I played the demo for 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, it's Neo reskinned with some tweaks. And I'm all about that. So I've played it a ton, like 10 or 12 hours so far. You guys played it briefly. What do you guys think of the game? Well, I can say that I am enjoying what I've played, but I am still very early. I've only played half an hour. And I must say, I'm kind of overwhelmed by two things. One, how I got lost or briefly though, I must say it was pretty good. I was able to kind of figure it out later. Um, but then also just the amount of mechanics that they're throwing at you so early, I was a little surprised at. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but you know, within the first half an hour, I'm dying already constantly for one. I have, you know, two different types of attacks. I've got this like encounter meter. I still don't really understand some number over my head. I can't remember what it's called. The morale system. I- Yes, morale system. And then I also have like, you know, dodge and parry. I've got block, which they haven't even told me about yet, but I just kind of like stumbled across it. Um, And then also magic. And I'm upgrading like five different magic trees out of the gate. I'm So I'm a little overwhelmed in the first half an hour that I don't really know what I'm doing. And I don't know if what I'm picking is the right thing. But overall, it seems pretty well paced so far in terms of like the amount of enemies I'm facing, you know, it's pretty much one-on-one, maybe two-on-one. Nothing's like overwhelming me too badly. And I think it's doing a pretty good job of introducing me to the concept of basically like avoidance and counters and just like the, the gameplay in general. Sean too hard for you. How's it going? Well, I mean, I've played probably less than Huck, so I don't think I've really hit anything that was super hard. Like, I've fought, like, maybe 10 or 12 enemies, and 
like yeah there were there like anybody can kill you in this game as is common with souls likes but i haven't hit like hockey mentioned some monster or something you stumbled across like i haven't hit anything yeah. like that yet uh but you know like yeah i'm i'm assuming this isn't really for me but there were a few things that i was a little bit intrigued by based on stuff that i had read and and i guess knowing team ninja, ninja like i think the one thing that i do like that i kind of prefer on the team ninja side is speed. These games are faster. They're fluid. Uh, you, you know, I, something about the souls likes and how kind of like the stamina meters and things that just, it just feels very cumbersome. And I, I don't really like that. Uh, so I appreciate the fact that you can just kind of go at somebody and it feels fast and satisfying. So I like that. Uh, I wasn't sure if this was an open world game. I think I read it's not really. And certainly based on the first like 20 minutes or so, it does not seem to be. Um, so I don't know if that's a good or bad thing for me yet. I, I guess that would maybe like, I, I did like that about Elden Ring. The fact that, you know, if you hit something hard, you could just go somewhere else. So I kind of think I'm, I would prefer that. Um, and then I guess the other thing, which I haven't really seen enough of to know yet, but that morale system you were talking about, uh, you know, I read something that you kind of can. So the morale system, if I'm not mistaken, the idea is like when you get hit, you or, or when you die, I don't know, you lose morale, but you you can only lose it to the point of what you've built up so far. And so if you kind of go off and try to find these um what are they like flags or something you have to raise yeah, uh, battle flags and marking flags, which raise your minimum morale. Right. So then if you kind of go out and find more of those, at least you're kind of uh, giving yourself a bit more of a chance in combat. So I think that's something that's maybe supposed to make it a little more approachable, but yeah, I mean, even like it feels like Ninja Gaiden to me, which, you know, it was that, that game, I, I don't think I made it past the first boss and I was just like, I'm out. So I'm pretty sure this is not for me, but you know, I might give it a little more of a chance. Well, it's interesting to hear your thoughts as someone who's played a lot of Neo. I'm trying to go back to the first time I played Neo and trying to learn all the systems. I think this game much like Sekiro is, is more focused from the traditional Neo experience in the sense that there's less customization uh and you know the the magic system and leveling up is a little more focused there's less weapons and skill trees for every single weapon unless that gets added later i'm not sure it's just kind of some elemental magic uh, and that's what sekiro did it took the rpg of experience of a from software game and turned it into more of a an action experience uh less on stats more on I think you could only go up to like level 15 or the leveling was much slower. Uh, this is mo like somewhere in between RPG and action uh, in terms of how much you level up and need to collect. Uh, I think it's chi instead of souls in this one. I might be wrong, um, but it's got a, a reverse. Like you can go into negative uh, spirit and positive spirit. And this system is like a, a balance of your vulnerability to being stunned and to stun enemies, which is very similar to the stagger system. I think it was called in Sekiro. So um, 
I actually love the morale system. It's a way of, it's kind of what Sean wanted in an open world souls. Like it allows you to level up and improve your chances within a small level. So if you want, you can keep going around. There's still some risk. If you get hit by unblockable attacks, you can lose morale, but as long as you keep playing and you're relatively good at the game, you can raise your morale to a point that makes the difficulty a little more achievable while you level up uh, your character at the same time. So I've I've done a few levels, like just killing everything and getting to max morality and then fighting the boss, and I find it pretty easy in comparison to Neo and Elden Ring and other From Software games. So I'm kind of breezing through it and enjoying it. Like it's not too easy. It's just a fun playthrough for experienced, uh, I guess, Neo players. My criticism would be the bosses. The first boss is very challenging. Everyone since, if I have high morale, it's they're really quick, actually. Like I did not struggle, and I'm sure they're going to get more difficult, but it was kind of disappointing that I only fought the bosses once, and it wasn't that much of a challenge. Uh, but other than that, I love the world. The initial area was a little bland, but the second area, the forest, the bamboo forest, I, I love. And I definitely needed a refresher after Neo 2. Neo 2 was a lot of the same ideas as Neo 1, just slightly tweaked and borrowing a bit from Sekiro, but taking it to China and kind of reimagining the creatures, the divine beasts or divine spirits, whatever it is. And, you know, just a new take. I I needed that. So I'm really enjoying a refresh on this type of game. And it's got jumping and more uh, vaulting mechanics to climb up walls. It's a little more mobile, much in the same way Sekiro was compared to Dark Souls. So uh, I'm in. It's like the first time I played Neo. I cannot stop playing. Once I start, I have to pull myself away from it. It's just, I like the small linear levels. It's a very tight loop. And then I do a submission, which is a shorter mission. And then I go to the main ones and I just, it keeps me engaged. Whatever it is about this series, it just works for how I like to play games. Yeah. One thing I found nice, which I wasn't necessarily expecting. I didn't really know, like I knew it was sort of like Neo and stuff and I knew it was sort of Souls-like, but I, I haven't played that many Souls-like game. I think the last game I played was probably the Star Wars uh Jedi Fallen Order or whatever it's called um, game. So I, I I played that a while ago. So when I was able to die, when I died and still kept the items I had found, I thought that was a nice, you know, a nice design choice by them. So I'm not punished for dying, especially in a game where you're going to, you know, die a lot. Um, I mean, in that first area, I died quite, quite a few more times than I thought I was going to die. And there was a couple times where I was just like rolling to dodge and then would find myself standing in some fire and die that way. And that was kind of frustrating. Um, but the level up capping, like, is that, are you using just money to pay, like essentially to up your level no, base? You, so you can level your character and that's yeah. like when you rest, you invest into certain elements and stats go up. That's a general leveling of the character. But then yeah. you have a, a sub level. Morality acts as a sub level within uh, a stage that, like, lets you kind of minorly tweak your character 
for difficulty within the stage as well, which I think is really effective. And you, we were talking a bit before the show, you go to a certain area, you see an enemy that's really difficult or high morale. It's a good way of knowing where you should be going in the level. Like, and, and you know, in dark souls, part of the element of discovery in those games is you find an enemy and then you find out too late that they're really hard, right? Where this game, you can see the number ahead and you're like, okay, I probably shouldn't go this way yet. Or it's a calculated risk. If I go that way. And, uh, morale is affected by taking critical attacks, which are unblockable attacks, uh, which is basically borrowing one of the greatest, if not the greatest mechanic in a video game from the last 10 years, the Mercury counter from Sekiro, which is an offensive counter uh, in Sekiro. You would step on a spear and do this amazing move. It felt so good. They tried to do this in Neo 2 and it didn't feel as good. The whole game is based on the idea of the satisfaction of their Mercury counter uh, clone or <laughs> their own version of that. That that's how you need to play the game. Always be countering, being offensive. And that's what I loved about Sekiro. And I feel like they've honed that idea and built an entire game around it. And obviously credit has to go to uh, from software for kind of inventing this idea. But I feel like this game has done a great job at basing a whole system around that extremely satisfying mechanic. I must say that like the parrying feels good, but when you do it, it's almost so fast, I can't track what's going on. Because you kind of like quickly swing around behind the guy, and then I think you almost like auto-attack one time, I think, maybe? It plays Anyways. like an animation that I, I think does damage and reads as an attack uh, when it happens okay. to you. But if you fail that counter, your morale goes down. So if you have a good run and you're deflecting everything, not taking damage, you can raise that morale meter pretty quickly and uh you lose half of your uh chi and you go to your lowest possible morale if you die and you can get it back if you kill the enemy that killed you but uh the the cool thing is the flags as you raise them throughout the level and you find hidden ones you can raise your base morality so the worst you'll ever do if you die is revert to that so it rewards exploration in a sense too. If I go find all the flags, I know I'm never going to drop before below 20 morale. I'm like, okay, worst case I go to the boss. And if I need to level up a bit, I can, but I really like the loop. I think the the game loop is really strong. Okay. So that base morale that is just done through finding the flags. Yeah. You can't. Okay. I, I must've misread that because I thought you could like level that up somehow, but you can go beyond it. You can level it up yourself the flags are the the lowest by finding flags. That's the lowest you can drop to when you die. So if you die yeah. twice, you'll never go beyond that, that marker. Right. I thought you could like level that up through some currency, but it's just fine. Yeah. The things. Okay. So now, um, like I also liked how they do the whole unlocking a route, a shorter route that lets you avoid sort of like the, the backtracking the whole way. And which is a, that, which is a dark soul staple too, right? Like they, they're kind of, yeah. 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 So that, that was not, it's not unexpected, but it was not when I found the first one in the first area, I was not really clear that that's what I was doing. And oh, it, I, okay. it, and I could have easily gone the other way and completely missed that. And then had to 
do the backtracking every time. So I don't know if that improves, but I was a little disappointed in that because, I mean, I, I felt like I was lucky that I just happened to turn right instead of left and happen. I mean, they do put a little item up there to like taunt you to go up there, but still like I, I some of the, some of the choices so far have been a little curious. See, I don't know if it's because I play Neo or I've played it so much that I just, whenever I get into a new level, I explore everything. And by the time I'm done with the boss, I know that level inside out. And I, I find personally for me, the level size is perfect. It's exactly what I can digest and remember in one sitting, even to the point where when I went back and played Neo again uh, or revisited it, I was like, oh, I remember this level. I remember where this was and I've, I kind of explored it. And uh, it, uh, it just, it works for me. It's, it's right in line with what I like. So I, I could see how other people miss the exploration and mystery of Dark Souls. Uh, I kind of like this game's loop i will say i do end up reusing the only variety with some of the moves is by experimenting with weapons which i'm not as crazy about and it still suffers from inventory management and burden that neo did as well like i'm always getting loot that is useless and having to do management with it all all the time and that that gets annoying so, uh, so what is actually the penalty for dying then? You lose like, half of your chi and uh, you go down to your lowest possible morality. Okay. And then that the revenge thing of like killing the person who killed you brings your morale back up. You get all your morale re- back and your chi. Yeah. Okay. But I assume if you die again in the meantime, then that's just lost. I think so. Yes. I haven't died that much or I haven't not recovered it that often. And it's a hero drop. It's okay. I get it. (laughs) And the chi is the currency to level up with. Yeah. It's like souls or Amrita or whatever the, uh, the currency is the souls. Like it's souls experience, but I, I, I like the world. I, the creature design is always great in these team ninja games. The bosses, um, very imaginative. It, the game gets more colorful, which it was always some, I love the art style of Neo. And at first I was like, this doesn't feels a little washed out. It doesn't feel like uh, what I'm used to from these games, but it gets there in, in the, in the second area. So I am in, I just fired it up and I'm like, am I ready to play another one of these games? I'm kind of tired. And I actually think the difficulty and morale system is what hooked me. It's, it's playable. I'm not dying a lot and I'm just having fun playing the game. But a lot of people, apparently, the first boss I've heard is... I was talking on the Discord with some listeners, and a lot of people are saying the first boss is the hardest, which I think it took hmm. me six tries, which was the most of any boss so far, but it wasn't too bad. So I found this one secret area with a guy or a sub-boss, mini-boss, I guess, that was like 15 morale. So I knew I was kind of getting yeah. into it with this guy. And... But I was I was confused. Like, are these areas, these side areas, they were a little hidden because it was like blocked by some boxes that I had to break. Mm-hmm. But are these little like self-contained areas or are these like areas that you're supposed to come back to later and then you progress the story later? Not always. There are optional areas for sure. And usually those have hidden elements like 
upgrading your healing uh, or number of times you can heal. Can't remember what they call it in this game. And there's usually the the optional flags rather than the battle flags that help you bump up your lowest morale as well in case you need it. Okay. So I think they're actually it's it's a really good incentive for exploration that I can raise my morale and make the end boss fighter end boss fight easier rather than just exploring for the sake of exploring, which I'm going to do anyway. I can't help it, but uh, it, it's a nice reward for me as a player to actually get something useful. So when you're, when you're leveling up for a boss, would you actually grind the like areas you've already gone that you could avoid now? Cause you've like unlocked those on backtrack areas kind of thing. Would you go back and grind those anyways, just to raise your morale? Uh, I have been, but more because I've been looking for all the collectibles and trying to like complete every level as I play it. So then by the time I'm really powerful at the end, I can backtrack through the whole level pretty quickly, kill everyone, find everything and then rest once and then hit the boss, which is, I think just Neo experience. I'm like programmed to play levels that way, but I, I love it. So so as a like first initial thought, what is what is better, this or Neo or Neo 2? Well, if I'm going to rank them, I think I'm going to have to go. We have to rank Sekiro first. Like it, 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 this game is borrowing from Sekiro. So I'm going to go Sekiro. It's early, but I think I'm going to say Wo Long, then Neo. Then Neo 2. Neo 2 is the bottom, mm. 100%. Neo 2 just kept adding mechanics and making it more complicated, and it was kind of frustrating. And they tried to do a version of this counter system, and it just wasn't as snappy. I wasn't exactly sure when I succeeded or failed, when this is a little more lenient with the timing of the, the counters, and it feels great when you get one right. And that's what made those Mercury counters so good. Cool. So I, I like, yeah. so I have to, what I was talking about before, I know I've said it before. I cannot believe this is not a bigger deal that people don't. I, there should be a from software team ninja rivalry in the industry. Neo hijack souls likes, they make their own version of it, basically copying it in feudal Japan or fantasy version of Japan. Then Sekiro says, well, we're going to do the same thing. And it wasn't just like the same area, like some of the currencies, logos, HUD elements are the same. And I then, so Sekiro, but we're going to add something better. We're going to make the combat better. And now this game comes along and pretty much borrows Sekiro's most compelling ideas, including traversal and being more action focused. And I don't, I don't know. I love them all. I love all the games. I don't care. I don't think it's a big deal. I could just see if I had created all the ideas in Sekiro and then another game was just you know, reusing them, it, it would kind of bother me a bit, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Like, so, so I haven't played really any of these games you're talking about, but like, it, I feel like From Software just has the, the name recognition. Like, everyone knows those games. Everyone knows Dark Souls. I mean, souls like comes from that. So uh, they just are the name in this kind of game. I feel like Neo, like I had heard of it, but I just, I don't think, I don't know if the sales numbers are there, but 
I mean, I could be wrong. I, it just feels like a lesser thing. People aren't as aware of it. That's true for sure. And I guess I'm what I'm actually surprised about then is that people don't shit on Team Ninja more. <laughs> that they're wannabe souls likes and trying to copy from software. I feel like gamers would be shitting on them constantly. And I guess it's good that they don't because I think they're good games in their own right. And I, I'm glad they all exist because I love them all. But it's just it's just weird to me. I, I feel like it would be a bigger thing. I wonder I wonder how many teams Team Ninja has internally because they I didn't realize they also did the Final Fantasy Origin Stranger of Paradise game. They did the newest Fire Emblem game, Fire Emblem Warriors game, I should say. Hmm. And then they, they just released this Wolong game and they have Rise of the Ronin coming up too. So obviously they have at least two teams, if not three, I would argue. It almost sounds like they have like, I don't know what type of the game Rise of the Ronin is, but they have kind of like Wolong, that's kind of like the Neo team, it seems like. And then whatever this Rise of the Ronin is. And then they almost have like a third sort of like outsourcing studio or a team that just helps, you know, get other products out so they can, you know, keep keep going and making money. Um, but they also did like the Ninja Gaiden collection, Neo collection, Hyrule Warriors they did. So it seems like they do a lot of contract work as well. So it's interesting because from software, I believe, just does their own stuff. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I I don't know if there's I I even think part of Team Ninja, like in terms of Koi Temko, might be working on stuff like Wild Hearts and other games as well. So they they do pump out a lot of stuff. And they did. I don't remember them, Team Ninja specifically, being this proficient when we were younger. It was just like the Ninja Gaiden games and then Ninja Gaiden made a comeback on Xbox and I, I think they did other M. Ooh, yeah, they did do other M. Ouch. <laughs> but it was rare. Mean, it was rare. Prolific to or do you mean proficient? Because <laughs> I think you mean prolific and yeah, there's a ton of games. No, I, like, meant prof- I, mean, I think I meant proficient, like just at churning out games. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But I, I mean, like, I didn't realize, yeah, they did Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Like, there's some weird games in here that don't really seem like their style. Like, maybe it's just contract work. I don't know, but it is interesting. And on there. Maybe it's a combination of both that I don't know if they just were choosing or they were a smaller company and to make less games or that took them longer to make them, but probably a bit of both. And they're just pumping them out like crazy now. And I hope there's yeah. a team dedicated to, okay, let's take this format to another world. Uh, I'm sure there'll be Wolong 2 if this does well. And what's the next area we, like fantasy realm, we can turn the genre into? I'm into it. I don't, I don't mind. I just hope they don't go too far down the, the sequel route where it's, Neo 2 was way less interesting than this game. I guess, um, and and just to add to this rivalry thing you're talking about, it looks like Masaki Yamagiwa has is joined Team Ninja, but was at From Software previously, hmm. and and was a producer on Bloodborne. Hmm. So, Uh-oh. poaching the talent. Maybe, uh, maybe it's not. So it says joined Team Ninja after the closure of Sony's Japan studio. 
So maybe it wasn't at from software, but like because Sony was publishing it, was still involved. I'm not sure. Fair enough. I, I again, I, if yeah. you like uh, Dark Souls bosses, the Team Ninja games really deliver on the visual look of the bosses the same way that uh, from software games do. The bosses are so cool, especially anyone that are creatures or fantasy uh, in influenced boss ideas. They are always amazing. The boar I fought was so cool. Hmm. Yeah, it's good. They're good games. All right, I think that's all I have to say about it, though, for now. The, I must say that the timeline is definitely interesting how, like, you know, From Software put out all the Dark Souls games, and then Team Ninja put out Neo and Neo 2, kind of. Oh, I guess in between there. And then From Software put out Sekiro. Sekiro was before is, Neo 2, I think. It was, yeah, one year before. Sorry. And and then now we have Wo Long, which is kind of, you know, a jump off of that. And then Elden Ring, I guess, is its own sort of like Dark Souls spinoff, not really related to this rivalry part. Well, the question would be, be if From Software does a like Chinese uh, fantasy version of their games, like, well, we can do that too, or we'll make it better than what you make. I, I don't know. I just... This has got to be a documentary 10 years from now. It's got. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wonder, I wonder, it would be interesting to sit like, to be in Japan and know people or be at one of the studios and see like what the, what the conversation is like about it. Cause I'm sure, you know, they know people at each studio because the games are so similar that I imagine there is some flow between the two teams. Yeah. So it would be, it would be interesting. And they're the exact same genre and world for the most part. So uh, it, let's, I don't, I don't want to add fuel to the fire, but I kind of am. <laughs> Something's <laughs> up. All right. Uh, anything else you guys played? Yeah. A few other things. Uh, I can mention uh, finally crossed something off the list of shame. Finally. <laughs> uh, Resident Evil 2, the remake. Finally beat it. Um, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was quite good. I will say there were some stretches in the middle where I, I guess this is kind of my, like, you know, we've debated Frank has called me out. Are you a fan of resident evil or just resident evil four? I still don't really know to be honest with you, but, uh, you know, like the thing with survival horror, like I like horror in video games. I like horror in movies. So I, I enjoy a, movie that has or a game that has atmosphere that has suspense has jump scares i'm cool with all that stuff what i don't love about survival horror is sort of the resource management aspect of it and there was definitely a couple stretches in the middle of this game where uh or maybe even earlier than the middle but like still in the police station uh where i was had no ammo and there's like those liquors patrolling certain areas You've got Mr. X chasing you. And I was just like, this isn't fun. Like, you know, in the end, it wasn't like it was that hard. Like, I don't think I died all that many times in this game. But just the idea of knowing, okay, I got to get to this place. And there's like these creatures all over the place. And I have no way to fight. I just have to run. Uh, I don't know. That just isn't that fun or satisfying. But, 
you know, I, I do feel like that is part of these games. I know, Frank, you've argued that you just kill everything and that's that's how it's supposed to be played. But Are you playing on normal? Yeah. I never ran out of ammo ever in that game. I feel like like in the later sections, I never did. Like I had tons of ammo and health. So I, maybe it was just that I, there were certain rooms that I could have gone into that I didn't. Uh, and, and, you know, once I kind of hit that section of the game, that's where I start using a guide. Cause I'm like, like, I don't want to die a million times. Like I want to know where I'm going. And uh, so that from then on, once I stocked up again, I was fine. But uh, yeah, just, I don't know. The, that that particular section I was not loving, but other than that, like I like all the little puzzle elements in these games. Uh, you know the the story. You know, not that I totally understand where it fits into the whole grand scheme of things, but I kind of enjoyed what was there in this game. And uh, yeah, looking forward to part four remake. I, I don't know if I'll jump into three. I still haven't played that, but uh, I might wait on that a bit. But uh, yeah, and I guess I, I don't like, I don't know if you guys ever played the original Resident Evil 2. I never did. So I can't, I don't have that comparison in my head of how far that remake brought it. You know, like I have to assume it was a pretty huge, like in terms of remakes, a pretty big uh, overhaul or reimagining or whatever you want to call it. So uh, I don't, I, I don't have that appreciation there because i never played the original but uh it's it's still quite good yeah i played resident evil 2 i can't remember if i beat it on playstation it feels like the same game but is it is drastically different in terms of perspective not a big surprise there but uh i love resident evil 2 remake it's a fantastic game yeah i also never played the original or the remake so I have no comment at all. Um, I played... So after beating Subnautica last week, I jumped right into Subnautica Below Zero, which I don't think is technically the second game. It's kind of like a 1.5, I believe. But it does do a lot of the same stuff that Subnautica does, new world to explore. It adds um, another survival mechanic, the temperature. So you now, if you're out of the water, you you can lose your body heat and you could suffer hypothermia and die. So that's another level of, you know, stat you need to track to make sure you don't fall too low, but it's nice. There are some plants and stuff you can get that, uh, raise your body heat. So there, it's not all just like running frantically through or trying to craft all the right stuff. There's like some other ways to mitigate the, that resource management. And I would say I'm enjoying it mainly because it's comfortable and I'm used to this world now and I recognize what all the resources look like. So it's very easy for me to find the stuff I'm looking for. They did add um, something they called the mineral scanner, which lets you basically like select a resource type and then it tells you if it's near you. So that's kind of nice. But at the same time, you Usually resources are only in specific areas, so you still need to know the area to get to in order to use that thing, in order to find it. Um, but overall, I feel like it's a lot smaller than the first one or the original Subnautica, but I feel like it's still 
it's 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 uh, unlocking sort of like the places to go and explore at a good pace right now and i feel like i'm finding everything there's a few like recipes and stuff i'm unable to complete because i just don't know where to look for them but i don't think they're blocking me in any way and um yeah i'm enjoying it it's it's pretty good some of the stuff is a little tricky but it's it's kind of one of those things where they give you all the information and you just kind of have to piece it together and sometimes it just takes a little longer to piece it together than i would like or you know because just because the area is so large it's kind of like trying to learn you know a city city's layout after like only visiting twice is just really hard to do so um overall really liking it i like the first one more at this stage but i i uh it's still still got the hooks in me so nautica still got the hooks in me i really like the art style <laughs> for below zero and uh I've, I've been i've never played a survival game and i i feel like a, I, it's a big blind spot i need to try some survival games because they're huge Mm-hmm. There he yeah is. well i was gonna like subnautica is definitely on my list of games i want to try but have we talked about this like would you consider these games to be metroid inspired in their like sort of uh exploration and uh you know how you navigate the world or is that a bit of a stretch i don't i don't think so it's not usually like um it's not usually like you come across something and you can't go through it or open it. And then it's like, there's not that gating and then you have to come back to it. In this, it's sort of like the gating is like the depth you can go to. And so you just have to like find the resources and find the recipes that allow you to craft, you know, the ability to go deeper. So it's not really the same. I, it's more like, um, I, I don't know. It would be more like exploring like a bubble. And in order to like increase the size of the bubble, you can explore, uh, you need to upgrade things. And it's sort of like leveling up in an RPG. Like, oh yeah, you could venture out to that forest, but uh, the shit out there is going to kill you. But if you get to level 20, then there's no problem. So instead of like leveling up or whatever to explore further, you're crafting items that uh, increase your capabilities that allow you to explore farther. So I wouldn't say it's Metroid like in that regard. Um, it is. Uh, yeah. I, I would say the only, the only thing that this does that I don't think other exploration games or actually I haven't played that many explorations. So can't really comment, but it does do a good thing of like, after you've played, I think there's two things after you've played for a certain amount of time, you'll get essentially like a radio call. That's like, Oh, you should go to this area and check this out. And then you just go there and, and and it's something to look into and it'll give you new recipes and stuff. And then also if you discover something or find like a notepad kind of thing, well, they're called PDAs in the game, but you know, it'll then give you more information that'll leave, either let you craft stuff or, you know, progress the story. And I think that method of progressing the story is good, but the downfall is if you miss seeing one of those, like you're, you're kind of fucked. And you'd have to like go back and figure out that you missed something. So I ran into that where I needed this, like this item and you needed three, you need to find three of them in order to learn the recipe. And I had found two and I had no idea where the other one is. So I'm now like searching, you know, the internet and they're like, Oh yeah, it's like just in this box. You have to like cut open. I'm like, okay, I never would have seen that. And 
I never would have thought to go back there to look for this thing. So uh, in that regard, it could be frustrating. And I think I talked about it the last time with the end of Sonatica where, you know, you have this new recipe with these plants and you don't know where these plants are. How would you ever figure this out without just exploring forever and cutting every plant you come across? So there, there are certain things about exploration games, I think, benefit from having the internet like i think at this i don't think these games type of games would survive in a pre-internet era it it, kind of reminds me more of an adventure game where like you're you're stuck and then you need to like consult your buddy who's gotten past this part and you're kind of working as a team whereas in this case the team is the internet and they have already figured it all out so um yeah I think these these games require the internet and require people to be available to help you when you get stuck for them to be totally fun. Kind of an interesting point. Like, I don't know, like, do game developers now think about that in terms of like, well, like, obviously you want the, the player to have everything they need to know, but like maybe for hidden areas, things that are, you know, optional, are they just thinking, okay, we're not going to tell them the internet's going to help them kind of thing. Like, is that a consideration? You know, uh, I, I feel like it, I, it was I like that with I, from software games, even demon souls. Yeah, I remember yeah. that being, well, check the internet if you're not sure what to do. Yeah. And that's it. Like, I remember when Elden ring first came out, um, some of the initial reviews talked about, cause these people were the first people playing Elden ring. And so that idea of like, this community of like the first people playing it, having to really just talk to each other. Cause it's like, you can't figure this stuff out on your own. It's kind of an interesting thing, but I don't like it. I want the game <laughs> yeah, to teach I, me how to play. Yeah. I agree with you for the most part. I prefer that too. Yeah. I, I don't like it, but I'm happy it's there. I have the internet as around so that I can progress yeah. through. Cause I like the loop of the game. I, you know, I, I find it relaxing to just like collect resources and build stuff and then collect more resources and build stuff. It's pretty relaxing, kind of like an RPG, you know, grinding to get levels in that regard. Um, But yeah, if you are looking for something and you can't find it, it's super frustrating. I mean, a similar thing would be like waiting for a loot drop in like an MMO or an RPG. And, and that could be frustrating. You're just like, feel like you're kind of wasting your time. And I think there's something equivalent to that. One game I wanted to try like uh, so like the forest is like a huge game always selling tons i don't know anything about this game at all but they just released a sequel didn't they or like a, a oh, follow-up sons of the forest in early oh, really? access i almost bought it i was like this might be the one i try huh but i always wanted to try the long dark which is a canadian developed game i think they're from vancouver and that one also is kind of like under the radar but always still kind of around like i always see it so that's another one I was interested in trying, but yeah, Subnautica is really the only one unless you like, you know, I never even really gotten into Minecraft, which I would also consider yeah. this type of game. Um, the three I mean, on my radar my- are don't starve, which is, seems like a, an, a kind of accessible 2d survival game. Uh, Valheim and the sons of the forest are the three I'm debating. So hmm. if anyone has thoughts or a good place to start with survival games, knowing what I like and what I don't like uh, chime in on the discord or comment on this video. I think we got to play grounded at some point. 
that feels like a good starter survival game. But uh, okay, I'm I'm I, mean, I I did play a bit of it when it was in sort of like early access, and it wasn't wasn't really grabbing me. But all right, I will say I 100%ed Forspoken just in time for Wo Long. So uh, did everything, all the achievements. Was getting a little annoying by the end. I had to push through to do everything, but I still think the the combat and traversal is pretty fun. Uh, it can be a little frustrating in the end game stuff. And I played a little more PS VR two. Uh, the new game I tried was The Light Brigade, which is a roguelike uh, game, which I really like the idea, and it had like this praying mechanic where you have to like put your hands together and pray to activate things which i thought was neat the weapons felt pretty good but it throws you into a level and i would just got destroyed every time i didn't even know what to do i i I was like am i completely missing some idea with the game the enemies as soon as i get in the level they see me right away and i'm done within a minute of starting the level three times in a row and i'm like i'm missing something here this game is not getting me hooked on its loop, on its roguelite loop or whatever it is, which is kind of disappointing because I like the art style and the idea of a roguelite VR game, but I might give it another chance, but I was pretty frustrated with my first encounter with this game. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard, I feel like I've heard good things about that game. So I like the character design. I, I, I generally thought movement was good and art style, but I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I can't hit enemies. I, there's no way to defend myself when they get close to me. I just, I'm, I'm on the run constantly. And, uh, if anyone played it or if I'm missing something, let me know. And then I played a bit of Tetris effect, which is good. And I tried a demo for, is it rock drums? I think it's called. It's another rhythm game. Smash drums. No, I think it's rock drums. Played Smash there's, Drums. I don't know about Rock Drums. There's a bunch of these. Uh, let me just continue. Yeah. Drums Rock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Drums Rock. And uh, it was pretty good. It was a uh, rhythm games are fun in VR. And uh, this was no exception. So I just did the demo. I bought it after that. But that's all I did. But I'm cool. liking the tech more. Today it was the the focus level, the the lack of light leak, haptic feedback. It's the most satisfying VR experience I can remember. Is Ragnarok available on PSVR yet? I think it was on PSVR one. I don't think it's on PSVR two, but do not quote me. Oh, I see a trailer for it. Maybe it's not out yet, but I think it is coming to PSVR two. That's that's a pretty fun drumming game too. Yeah, I got to try that as well. Uh, I I did play a demo for a VR game as well, which is that Humanity game, which we talked about last week. That was uh, part of the state of play, the Sony state of play. And I don't recall. I think it comes out in May, but there is a demo uh, for PSVR, PSVR two, and I think there's even a Steam VR demo for this right now. And I was just kind of curious because we were talking about it and, you know, what what exactly is this game? And it is a bit like Lemmings, 
as we said, but the difference is that at least in the initial kind of objectives, you're not really trying to get all the humans from start to finish. There's just kind of an endless stream of humans and you have to get a certain number to the finish. So, you know, you're doing a bunch of things, you're directing them around. And eventually once you get that path worked out, if you get enough of them in, you beat that level. Uh, But then I did a few uh, additional levels and there's like these, um, I forget what they're called, but they're kind of like these golden figures or statues or something. And it's like, as you're directing the humans, now you have to direct the humans to touch these guys. And those guys specifically have to get to the finish. And if they go off the edge or something, then you lose them. So, uh, but then there's other things like you can actually, so you're controlling a dog (laughs) and the, you can jump into the humans and kind of like ride the wave of humans up to get to places you couldn't reach and stuff. So there's some interesting, uh, different mechanics that's it's not just a lemmings ripoff um but i was kind of enjoying it i i don't know that the vr is a key aspect of this game like i'm pretty sure there's a non-vr version as well that's correct and i almost i mean i guess it's nice to just be able to look everywhere uh in vr but i don't know i don't know if it's necessary sorry you played the demo for humanity yeah and what did you play it on is it on oculus as well or uh psvr Oh, it's on the old one? Yeah. Okay. But, and it's on both, the old yeah, one. Yeah, and I downloaded it on two. Uh, Ragnarok is on and is available for PSVR 2 now. It was a launch day game. Nice. Uh, anything else? For, I got more. Anything else for you guys? No. Nope. Uh, Huck, no? You go ahead, Frank. Uh, I played Patch Quest. I was checking out Steam. It launched this week. And it's a another roguelite game where it's a top-down shooter, like a lot of roguelikes. The hook for this one is you can capture creatures and get different abilities from riding them. And it it's very colorful, uh, simple art style that's pretty effective. And I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I did probably five runs. I like there's a, an exploration element of finding more information and it encourages exploration in fun ways, but not uh, a mind blowing game by any means, but still pretty fun. Cool. So uh, it's got, I really like the art style. What's it called? Patch quest. Patch quest. Hmm. It was in early early access for a while and they launched their 1.0 version uh march 2nd it just showed up on my feed on steam and i'm like yeah i'll give it a poke yeah it does look cool not bad and then i also just fired up returnal once after i beat forespoken and i played for seven hours straight got through (laughs) act one and my god i love this game i I had to pull myself away. I could have gone and played Returnal until I did everything in it again. It's so good. I love that game. And now I'm good at it. It's much less of a chore uh, going through the entire sequence of events. I think I beat it on my third or fourth run and was like, this game rules. Still love it. 
Cool. Um, I have one other game I can quickly mention. I tried uh, Blanc, B-L-A-N-C, which we saw, I think, at one of the Nintendo Directs at some point. Um, This is like the co-op game where it's a, uh, I believe it's a fox and a deer. Maybe it's a dog and a deer. I'm not sure. But it's black and white. Wolf, cub, and a fawn. Sorry? A wolf, cub, and a fawn. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, And so it's hand-drawn, black and white art style. And, um, you know, it's kind of not the... Well, I don't know. It's it's a little bit the 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 puzzles are pretty easy from what I've seen so far, and I think it's a pretty short game. So I feel like I'm probably halfway through it. But uh, the hardest part is figuring out where you can actually walk. You know, it's like one of these games where you're you're in the snow, and it's kind of sometimes hard to tell like which path you're supposed to take. Like you're hitting a lot of invisible barriers and stuff, and so that's. What the majority of my time was spent was just like, where am I supposed to walk here? Which isn't the best, I guess. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I did like the art style and stuff. And it's something that, uh, I mean, I I picked it up thinking I would play with the kids. And they were like, what? We're not going to play a black and white game. Forget it. Uh, So I ended up playing it with Alicia. And, you know, she was kind of enjoying it. So I think it's it's definitely more of a casual co-op game. But uh yeah, I think just the frustration of figuring out where to go is the one criticism I would have. Not going to lie, sounds rough, but I'm still intrigued. Okay, I think that's it. We talked a lot about a bunch of games. So maybe there'll be some news for next week. Any major events in gaming coming up? I don't think so, at least this week. I don't even think there's a major there, there was something, but I can't remember what it was. I don't know. Anyway, been that big. You never know. Uh, check us out on youtube.com forward slash game junk. If you're listening, uh, discord links are there as well. And Sean is film junk on Twitter. Huck is my angry commute and equilibrium sis. Thanks for listening or watching. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.